Welcome to Life's Tough. You can be tougher. I'm Dustin Plantold, your host. This is a show where we talk about life and we talk about purpose. And along the way, we meet some fascinating individuals. Guests like Jerry Springer, Lou Ferrigno, Chef Lydia Bastianich, and many more. Today's guest is David Green, founder and CEO of Hobby Lobby. You know, he took a $600 loan and he turned it into an $8 billion a year company. Yet it wasn't easy. And as you're going to hear today from David, it was a story that required him to not quit, to not give up, and to hold his family even tighter through it all. He's a man with a mission, and his purpose is very simple, to give away his wealth. Let's bring him on now. David, welcome to the show. Destin, it's really good to be with you today. It is nice to see you as well. You know what's fascinating? You know, getting to talk to people... Um, from all walks of life that started at, I refer to it as the bottom or as close as you can get. You started with $600 and it was a loan and exactly. you created a multi-billion dollar company. How did you do that? And I know that's an open-ended question, but what was your fuel? And then we're going to start talking about your story. Yes. Well, I would say that, yes, we have done something with 600, but we also have to know that it's been 50 years. So it's not like it just happened overnight. It's uh a lot of crawling at first, you know, just making one day at a time and just trying to survive on our payroll, things of this nature. So obviously there was many years that I would just say that we were just just trying to survive. So when you have $600, you just don't have a lot of money to work with. So, well, we thank God for where we are today. You know, I love what you just said there is that you're thankful. You know, many times people will reach a certain altitude of their career and they stop being thankful because they don't recognize that there were so many people along the way that candidly helped them reach success. Who were some of the people in your own life that you say, Dustin, this person just didn't quit on me, didn't give up on me, saw the good and, and mentored you? Yes. Well, I would say a lot of our officers would fall in that category. Of course, my mother would be the, the main person. She definitely influenced who I am today. But we have a lot of, uh, of officers that's been here our average, our, our VPs is like 26 years. So thank God for those people that have really taken this thing with us and walked this 50 years now to get us to where we are today. So how did you do that? I mean, finding good people is very challenging because as you know, well, morals and ethics swing in the wind. Yeah, that's a good question because I would tell you that I'm not very good at that because each one of these officers, I can't tell you they were the first one in line and sometimes they weren't. Sometimes it took me two or three, but now we have them and I would say their integrity had to be the biggest part. That had to be right for Hobby Lobby as well as hard workers. So we have a lot of hard workers with integrity and with that, you know, we can get to where we are today. You know, so how do you decide that? I mean, integrity is a big word. Is it your gut? I mean, what do you trust? Like, we know what is legal and what is not legal, but on the integrity side, because what I would say, well, I would never do that. And you'd say, well, Dustin, I would never do this. Yes. Well, that, that is something that I think is important. And, and for us to know that it, when we hire someone, we do the very best we can. But as I said earlier, we have not done real well at that. I'm not really that good at hiring people, I find out. 
by the way, I think I'm better than I used to be. But right now, I don't have to do too much of that hiring because the people that are that that are assigned to me are vice presidents, and uh, we we have people. They're all they have all been here probably 15 years or more. But I cannot tell you I did that very well because uh, it took several sometimes. But you would see things that that we just couldn't handle in some of the past people that uh, that we had on board. But we we're thankful for the team that we have here today. So what I'm hearing is that it's in those challenges that lies the solution, that you didn't quit, you didn't give up, and you didn't beat yourself up over, all right, this was the wrong person. So how did, throughout your career, like what were those pivotal moments where you became less impulsive? Because I know many times as those entrepreneurs out there, being impulsive, they they believe you have to be because you if you don't ride the dragon, the dragon's going to chase you. So what have you learned in that process? Well, I've learned from each other. I like to think that we're learning from each other. For heaven's sake, we say sometimes that uh, we hire people that are smarter than us. I like to say the same thing. So if they're smarter than us, why don't we listen to them? And so I don't see myself being here because I had all the answers. I like to think it's because I've come alongside people that know a lot more than I do. For instance, a lot of our officers like legal. I don't know anything about legal or very little. I don't know a lot about IT, by the way, but by the way, I know that I have someone that I can really trust. She has integrity, et cetera. So I think you just come alongside these different officers and know who they are. You know what what they stand for. They're real strong family people. They care about their family and I know they have integrity. So it takes years to get all of that, but I think uh, we have had that for many, many years, people that we can trust. And so I say being a CEO is the easiest job that I have because I have such great leaders that it doesn't take that much of my time. You know, you said something there. You said, I don't know. It's okay to say at times, I don't know. And that's a big thing because many times we get in our own way, as you know, where we we say we know, but how can you? So when it comes to this, you know, digging in, through the years. Now you were 82 years young. Now my executive coach is 83. And at 39, I love working with somebody much older because it's called experience. Where all of the things that he's learned to help teach me, what would you say to a younger you? Someone out there that their company's growing and the temptations are bigger than ever before. Uh, and those gut checks that used to make them stop are now they're desensitized to it. And, and you know the old saying that if you sit down at a poker table and you can't spot the mark, it's you. So talk to them out there. What can they do a little different? And what sort of questions should they be asking when they get into business with somebody? Well, I think that for us, the main thing is, is that we, we need to listen to other people. You know, I think God gives all of us a gift. He's given me one. But I also know that if I come along some, you know, prayer is a big thing for us, by the way. But I know, excuse me, but I know that it's it's very important for me to listen. And so when I'm moving forward in the company, I really want to know that the people that I'm asking to move with me are with me. I don't think I ever charge, I ever go forward with a new plan, something that's different than we've been doing without knowing the person is with me and 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 we're side by side. So I think listening is just a huge, huge part of what we need to be doing. You know, and they say that you'll never go higher than your greatest aspiration. Did you always want to become a billionaire? Did you always want to create a multi-billion dollar company? Like, was this your, was that the thing you wanted because you hit it? Or was it higher than that? Actually, I came from a very, very poor background. I picked cotton. 
I, uh, my aspirations at first was to be a manager of a TGNY store, <laughs> a five and dime. Wow. And that was my aspiration. And then we started this $600 loan and I came from a chain store. So I thought, hey, that was my aspiration that I wanted more stores. But to be honest with you, I have never had the aspiration to money has never been really part of what I've been able to do. It's been able to be the very, very best. I wanted to be a craft store owner, but I wanted to be the very, very best at what I did. So we feel like we are the very best craft store out there. We have the highest volume, the best profit, et cetera, et cetera. But I think it was uh, in us that we wanted to be do something very, very well. And I think that's what God asked us to do. Whatever your hands finds to do, do the very best at it. So that's what we want to do. And I think that we are doing it and our people are doing that. You know, Hobby Lobby stands for excellence. And it starts with you. It began with you, your schedule. What was it like in the early days? And what was it like in the middle? What did it take? And candidly, as as I've learned, that it all comes with a cost. What did you have to give up? Because many times people that are that are building, they think that it doesn't come with a consequence, but it does. Well, one cost that I was not willing to pay is my family. So once I left the company that would require 60, 70 hours a week, I didn't think I had to do that. And I didn't think I wanted to do that because my family has to come before the business. So a lot of times I tell people the easiest things for us to do sometimes is to be successful at business or whatever our job is. But more importantly than that is your family and your marriage. And so I have always put those before, but obviously when I first started, maybe it took a few more hours, but I didn't work that long hours that I did when I was working for, let's say a a mass merchandise company that was open uh, 24 seven, almost uh, seven days a week. So I, I would say that we've really been very careful in the hours that we work. Although today I work seven day, uh, six, da- six days a week. I work on Saturday. I tell my wife, I said, if you feel like that you don't have anything to do, call me. I don't have to be here. <laughs> I love to be here. She has Saturday. She has things to do. So I still work six days a week and I enjoy it. But I don't have a family at home either. You know, that I, I love the saying. It goes, your attitude determines your altitude. Has it always been positive? Because the market over the past, you said you've been in business for 50 years now. I imagine it's been doom and gloom more than once. How did you not lose it? How did you not collapse? How did you not fall apart? Because you had to be the Sherpa and you also had to be the wolf and you also had to be the lamb that you had to have so many different roles and others would never be able to understand. So how did you do it? And I will tell you, this is a personal question. How? Well, yeah, I, I would say that, you know, I just have always had faith that I'm where I'm supposed to be and that things are going to be all right if I would just stay in there. Right now, we have some of the hardest times we've ever had simply because there was a period of time that we were closed for two months uh, for some stores. Some stores was a month. We were closed. We were closed in all the stores for one period of time and our rent was 40 million a month and we have no money coming in. So we're a company that has no long-term debt, but at the same time, it was very, very difficult for us. But we find the same thing today with just getting goods, the amount of time that it takes. So it's very, very difficult. Uh, we overbought, then we un- then we couldn't get goods. So we're having to just change things you know, every month almost to fit whatever's happening now. So, but I, I, I know that we're going to make it because we've got great people and everybody's having to deal with the same thing I deal with. I think I can deal with it just as good as they do. And, uh, and we're going to be fine, but we also rely on our prayer life as well. 
And so what are you working on today, David? Well, today I'm working on the fact that I bought so much Christmas last year and we sold 95% through, so we bought a lot more. And so how am I going to get this stuff out of the out of here? So I'm changing how I do my discounts. And so that's what I've done the last day or two. We've got to figure out how this goods gets out of here because we bought like uh, we had a crazy year last year. And so we didn't know we buy Christmas uh, a, a year in advance. And so we didn't know what this Christmas was going to be like, but uh, the, with the cost of living going up, it's really, really different. And it's very difficult, but we're going to get through it. It sounds like you are having fun, that you could be at this stage where you have 10 people in front of you just to get to you. Yes. You are right in it. And that comes with that heart of a learner and someone that truly enjoys it. Um, the impact. I mean, did you, did you know back then, 30 years ago? that you would have such an impact to employ tens and tens of thousands, probably hundreds of thousands, if we look at over the, the past 50 years, the impact that it's had and the, the amount of people that you've been able to help, the nonprofits and the charities, what's it been like along the way? Well, it's been a lot of uh, hard, hard work and a lot of times that were very, very difficult, you know, because you're dealing with that and your company. And at the same time, you're how do you handle this with your family to where you don't ruin them because uh, finance and wealth can be a curse. And so it's been a lot of uh, hard work, but uh, we, we're, we're happy with where we are today in terms of how we handle the company and its ownership. And... Uh, yeah, the good, the the tough times is really what made us who we are today. You know, without those tough times, there was a period of time in the mid '80s the bank was uh, going to foreclose on us. So from those times, you learn. What we learned there was the fact that we didn't want to have any long term debt. So a lot of the things that we've that that we have had in our difficult times is really the reason that we have the strength we have today. It's that. It's that. You prepared for the day that, well, what if? And you also had a mentality of captains are made on rough seas, that you knew that if you got through it, you'd be stronger than everybody else. If you didn't compromise your, your morals or, or the integrity, but that came with a lot of risk. And so how do you decide risk, when to take it, when not to take it? Well, we try to minimize risk, obviously, you know, so uh, when you borrow $600, you didn't risk too much. But of course, between there and now, there's a lot of times you're building a new warehouse. Right now, we're building a 2 million square foot warehouse. Is that going to be too much? Uh, can we afford it? And so I think you just look at the past and you try to project from the past what you're going to do in the future, which is hard. I mean, it was a risk last year to buy the amount of Christmas merchandise we had because we didn't have near enough. And so we had to guess and that was a risk. And uh, hey, we we made a mistake, but I, I'm not going to write a book on mistakes we made because that's that would be too big and I don't know that we could sell it. But we've made a lot. But in those mistakes, hopefully we learn from it. But some of them are just very difficult decisions that you have to make. You're making decisions for a year from now and two years from now. But I think that we just have a lot of confidence in what we have here. And, and uh, when you go from $600 to an $8 billion company, you know, you, you just have a sense that you can get to $10 billion, And that's what we're looking at now. So you have a book that has just come out. Tell us about it. Yes, the book is uh, Leadership Not by the Book, because we do so many things that are just different than the norm. 
just how we treat all of our profits and what we do with them. We believe that this is not our, our business simply because the scriptures say that God owns everything. So we run it in that way that uh, we don't own this, we're stewards. So when you're running a company as a steward, everything is different. How you handle your family, everything is different. So we still control this company. We, we gave it away a long, long time ago. This is nothing new, but in terms of getting all of the, the voting stock is in 1%, and that's in a trust that's a uh, stewardship trust. So everything we have here is in a stewardship trust, and we're able to steward what we have here, steward and growing the company more, as well as the, all the things that we do and the ministries that we're having a lot of fun doing. Thank you again for sharing your story with us on the Lifestuff Podcast. You're welcome. Thank you. Appreciate it. And my takeaway about Hobby Lobby was that its foundation was set on solid ground. That no matter what happened, no matter what challenge they faced, they would face it as a family. They would overcome the worst conditions from recessions to tornadoes to earthquakes because in the problem lie the solution to create an organization that gave back and helped others through those tough days. They had empathy and they sympathized for those that for no fault of their own might have lost their way and just needed a hand to help them back. I encourage you, find a way to give back with your own business or your time. Thank you again for listening in. Life's tough. You can be tougher. See you next time.